Just so you'll know, it's not the first time I've been called David. But uh, as a matter of fact, uh, a few years ago, I get a call from a friend and uh, another Gideon named Dave King, David King. And uh, he was on his preparing to go to Ecuador on a Bible distribution for the Gideons. And um, some emergency came up and he couldn't make that trip. So he called me to fill in for him. So when I get to Ecuador, everybody thinks I'm David King. And, um, but I was just King for a week. That's what I told him. So anyway, a little girl was running down her hallway of her school. She was crying. A fellow Gideon from Sherwood, Arkansas, who's gone on to be with the Lord named Bill Rotzel was there that day doing a Bible distribution at this school. He hears the little girl coming down the hallway. He sees that she's crying. He thinks something must really be wrong. And he said as the little girl approached him, she never slowed down. She slammed into him and threw her arms around him. And she began to say something, but she was crying so hard he couldn't understand her. But likewise, he doesn't speak Russian. So thinking something tragic had happened, he summoned a, another teacher to come and set the girl down. And when she had gained her composure, she held up that little Russian New Testament just like this one and said she just wanted to say thank you one more time. And that's why I'm here today, Calvary Baptist, to say thank you one more time for your long-standing support of the Gideon ministry and what it means to the lives of the lost around this world and right here in Independence County. So, but there may be some here today who don't know exactly who the Gideons are. Well, I'll share that with you. We're an association of Christian business and professional men. And we have one single purpose, and that is to see as many men, women, boys, and girls come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as we can. And that's it. Our mission is not necessarily to distribute scriptures. It's to see people come to know Jesus Christ through the placement of his word, through personal witnessing, and uh, through our associating together for service to our Lord. But you know, most people are most familiar with the Gideons because of our Bible placements. You've been in a hotel or motel, possibly anywhere in the world, and seen a Gideon Bible in a, in a hotel drawer or on the counter. But you know, we do distributions in uh, over 200 countries and 109 different languages. We do hotels, motels, prisons, fifth grade colleges, hospitals, nursing homes, just to name a few military and installations of such and cruise ships, you name it. We, we try to place the word of God in the highways and byways of life. And in the history of the Gideon ministry, which is 120 years, we've distributed over 2.5 billion copies of God's word around the world and here at home. And that's actually works out to be about 80 to 90,000, um, 80 to 90 million a year. And that's two scriptures placed Every time your heart beats, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, God's word is being placed. But it's not possible without you because it's your contributions to the Gideon ministry that purchased these Bibles. And I want to say this, that 100% of everything you give is for the purchase and placement of scriptures. Not one penny is ever paid toward an administrative expense 
for the Gideons International. When we do these international distributions that I've been on a couple of myself, uh, we pay our own way on that. And, and basically the vast majority of Gideons in the, at our headquarters is voluntary um, in the executive branch as well. But you know, um, I wanna share the, about the power in just a minute of one hotel Bible. The power of what God can do when the right person encounters that hotel Bible. And, um, you know, we, we believe in the parable of the sower, as it talks about in Luke chapter 8. We know that not every scripture we place bears fruit. We understand that. But what does God's word say about the, about the, the seed that falls on the good ground? What does it bear? A hundredfold. In, some, in Mark, I think it says 30, 60, and 100. But it's multiple times the, the benefit when it falls on good soil. So I'm going to ask uh, our, our audio guy to play a video. And, and let me just kind of prep it a little bit. It's, um, it's a testimony from a guy named Dean Mattern. Dean Mattern. And he is at a pastor's appreciation banquet for Gideon's International. So if you hear him reference that, and I'll, I'll say he'll reference something about a hotel Bible in seven years. You know, when we place the hotel Bibles, the average life is six to seven years. When we take those out of the hotel, if they're sold or whatever, we tear the hard covers off, put a soft cover on and place those in, in prisons and jails, uh, ministries. Um, so if you'll play that video for me, please. Thank you. Let's try that again. Good evening. That's better. We're serving the king. You hear about the thousands, the millions of Bibles that are distributed, the remarkable union of pastors and Gideon businessmen and women that are committed to distributing Bibles, but it all comes down to someone like me. I was raised on the west side of Cleveland, Ohio, 117th Street. My father went to work before the sun came up, and he came home after the sun went down seven days a week. A union card-carrying liberal Democrat, he was an atheist, he never set, set foot in a church, not for a funeral or for a wedding my entire life. When I was at 11 years of age, my mother found herself in the arms of another man and left with my sister and my two brothers and my father found himself in the arms of a bottle. That same year, I joined a gang. I was arrested for sealing firearms in the fifth grade, stole my first car before I started the sixth grade and became a ward of the state. At the age of 14, having stabbed a young man, I ended up in Elmira State Reform School and spent my entire high school behind bars. I won't waste your time with it. It's a nightmare no one should live through. I ended up going in the Marine Corps to avoid further time in prison. By the time I was 18, I was in the jungles of Vietnam as a young Marine. And like Reform School, it's a waste of time to talk about. It was another hideous experience that left me violent and unhappy and addicted to drugs and alcohol and pornography, violence and anger. I came back to be spit upon and mistreated by a country that was now in revolt against the war that I had just come back from. And I joined the Weathermen and the Black Panthers and the Underground and went to universities like Kent State and others in the anti-war aggravator. I couldn't understand how people like you could sit by with your suits and go to your churches and not know what was going on in the underbelly of society because I had never worked a day in my life. 
my food was provided by the state and then by the federal government, and I was a habitual welfare case. I stole some credit cards from a doctor and went cross-country, got arrested at Lake Tahoe, checked into a club. I wasn't even 20 years old, couldn't grow a beard, but I had already been through med school and they figured it out and I had to do four months in El Dorado County Jail. Pretty sharp of them. I turned 21 in that jail and I remember my mother saying when I was 14 that I would be in jail or I'd be dead by the time I was 21. I fulfilled her expectations. I was in California, the land of fruits and nuts, so immediately I got out and I began to look for answers. I went to Stephen's Monday night class, I tried Scientology. If there was a cult, I tried it. One of the things I tried, you fast 24 hours and then drink a gallon of grape juice. Now that'll move you. I tried everything but the Bible or church because of the way I was raised. I left that place and was hitchhiking cross-country, talked to a young girl and dropping out of college and heading with me. We were going to go to the Middle East. We were on our way to Miami to catch a freighter because we knew maybe someplace that had existed for thousands of years instead of America, which was only a couple hundred years old, might have some answers. And we knew there had to be an absolute truth. We couldn't live in a world full of relativism, but crossing out of Alabama into Florida was arrested once again for trespassing. I don't know if it was my shoulder-length hair, the hippie garb, but we found ourselves in one of the nastiest jails I'd ever been in. It was segregated. They separated us Yankees from the Southerners. <laughs> well, not wanting to borrow cigarettes off anybody, I would take the butts off the floor at nighttime and roll the tobacco out and make a pile. I would tear pages out of books and roll cigarettes, but Louis L'Amour and Mickey Spillane, they're coarse books and smoke rough. Some of you have done it, huh? I found a book with thin pages. So I was smoking Leviticus. And I started reading the Gospel of John. It's hard to stand amongst pastors and Christians and say, I lived in America and I was 21 and it was the first time I held a Bible. As I read the Gospel of John, I put my father's face and his fists on the face of God and I had a hard time believing that God could love me. I did not have a problem with sin. I got the sin part. And December 18th at seven o'clock at night, I bent my head and, and with no understanding of theology, only that I was a sinner and I needed God, I cried out and I said, God, please forgive me for my sins, help me. The shackles of sin and shame and guilt dropped away and I wrote a letter to the sheriff that arrested me. Turned out he was a deacon in a church. He came, they dismissed the charges and I was released. And on the way back to where we had been arrested, where we had threw our backpacks full of drugs into the woods running from the police, I told the young girl that I had gotten arrested that we don't need to go to Egypt. I found there's an absolute truth. There's a God and he had a son. And she began to weep. She said, I wasn't sure how to tell you. There was a Bible in my jail cell and I gave my life to Christ and I wasn't sure what I was gonna tell you when we saw each other in court. <laughs> what could I do? I married her. Deborah, would you stand up? <laughs> Pastors, Someone in a church like yours who probably never ever introduced anybody to Jesus paid for a Bible 
that spent seven years in a hotel before it found its way to that jail cell. And when I gave my life to Christ, he got me. My five children have been raised Christians and all serve God. My nine children will do the same. My brother I led to Christ and he's a children's pastor. I led my sister to Christ and I'm working through it. My sister-in-law just came to Christ. She's 38 years we're praying for him. She just gave her life to Christ recently. I want you to know something. When I get to heaven, I'm going to find the person that paid for that Bible and I'm going to introduce them to all of the people I've led to Christ. I'm an outreach pastor. I don't spend my time picking fleas off a of sheep in the congregation. I'm talking to lost people all the time. My wife wanted me to be a Gideon, Gideons. But I backslid and became a pastor. And Gideons, it may be a thankless experience at times when you're out there sharing and delivering Bibles and moving around, but I'm going to get to heaven and I'm going to find that Gideon who's long dead, I'm sure. He's sitting up there with Lazarus and Abraham and when I find him, I'm going to kiss his feet and tell him my family never knew what I knew because Gideon's cared enough to put a Bible in a place where I would run into it in the highways and the byways of America. And it grabbed my soul and hasn't let go. And now I long for an opportunity to stand before Gideon's and say, what you do makes a difference. It isn't millions of Bibles, it's millions of people that meet the Savior. We're transformed and we're all the time finding new ways to say, pastors, this isn't a small ministry, it's life changing. And Gideon's what you do makes a difference. So me and my children and my grandchildren, we salute you. Thank you for serving God in such a meaningful ministry. But you know, um, really in the big scheme of things, and I, I, I will mention this, that when you give, and I know this church is very supportive of our Memorial Bible Plan, but we also have other cards. When you give to the Memorial Bible Plan, your, your gifts are purchasing the, the large full Bibles for hotels and motels. And, um, and we thank you for that. But there's also other areas that our cards like thinking of you um, in recognition of a special event, um, cards for your pastor, and in recognition of his service to the Lord as well. So, But you know, the vast majority of our um, Bible distributions are, are the little New Testaments, just like this one that's in Spanish. And we do that around the world. And we, you know, for an example, when I was in, I mentioned Ecuador, we distributed 168,000 and a few hundred scriptures in four days. A lot of people are impacted by these little New Testaments that we pass out. So I want to share another video with you. It's called the Tika family. It's a family from the Philippines. And it's the power of what happens when one person when one New Testament falls on fertile soil and the impact that it can make. So if you'll play that for me, thank you. Gideon's missionaries came to Luzon and where my grandfather was situated in a town called Panay. This Gideon's English New Testament uh, came into the hands of my grandfather and my grandmother. And it was at that time that my grandfather had the, 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 the call of God to actually start a church in Tanai. All the boys in this family will become pastors. All five became pastors and missionaries. 
and they had three girls, one married a pastor, and all eight children of my grandfather had uh, 15 boys, including myself and my brother, and we are all full-time in ministry right now. They never thought that, that God would move in our family in a special way, that He would call us into full-time ministry, so that one Gideon's Bible was used for my grandfather to start that one church. So a total of a, at least 600 churches have been planted. Four generations of preachers, church planners, and missionaries, and pastors, musicians, church workers. Who would ever think that one Gideon's Bible would be able to have all these fruits after all these years? It's incredible. One New Testament affected a family so great that it had an impact on it. Well, I think he mentioned 600 churches and church plants that this family has provided. You know, we have three requests of you. One is we ask that you pray for the Gideon ministry. We, our Sunday school lesson today was on prayer and the power of it. We ask that you fervently pray for the Gideon ministry. Put it on your prayer list. Put it on your bulletin. Whatever it is, don't forget about us. You see, when you pray in general for the Gideon ministry, God answers very specifically. Go with me now to Chicago, Illinois, where my wife and I were in downtown Chicago and we decided to get something for lunch and we literally, when I say downtown, we're downtown, we go to a Burger King. And Burger King there is not like anywhere else that I've ever been. It's you order your food on the first floor, then you get on the elevator and you go up and there's four more floors above you and you find a place to sit to eat. So that's what we did. We got off the elevator, found a place to sit, and we, had, we did just what many of you do. And that is that we bowed our head and asked God to bless our food and our time there. And when we said amen, we looked up and a man was standing there at our table. And he said, Can, are, you, are you people Christians? And I said, yes, we are. And he said, can I ask you some questions? I said, sure. And he reached in his pocket and he pulled out a little Gideon New Testament just like this one. And he turned to it and he asked me a few questions about scripture that he had been reading it. Now, I'm not sure exactly when he received that New Testament, but it gives a indication of the broad scope of the Gideon ministry to place the word of God in the hands and byways of life, that this man absolutely had a Gideon Testament in his possession that he came and spoke to a Gideon. And I took that little New Testament and I turned the back of that and I shared with him that God loves you. And I read to him John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But God showed his love for us that while we were yet sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. And I asked him, did you know that all men are sinners? And he said, no. And I, I shared with him, for all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And as it is written in God's word, none is righteous, 
No, not one. And I shared with him that you can't enter the kingdom of heaven with sin in your life because God doesn't look upon sin. And I asked him, did you know that God provides a remedy for sin? He said, no. And I shared with him that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. But to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. For I have delivered unto you first of importance that I have also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance to the scriptures. And I asked him, I said, did you know that all men may be saved right now, even now? And he said, no. And I read to him Revelation 3.20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him. And I asked him, I said, do you feel Jesus knocking at your heart's door? He said, yes, I do. And we, I believe that, and I asked him then, do you want to open that door and let Jesus come in? And he said, yes, I do. And I believe that's exactly what happened. But we prayed a prayer of repentance, asking Christ to come into his life and to change his direction and change his way to follow him. And I'm here to say a man named James Rivers accepted Jesus Christ in downtown Chicago at a Burger King. Are you prepared for an opportunity to share the gospel. Because that's what we are as Gideons, to be prepared at all times, to, be, to give a word of hope for our hope in Jesus Christ that we are promised and we know to be true. And we ask that you join our work. If you're a business or a professional man, you know, in 1996, I, did, I was at a church service and we talked about the power of prayer. I, I was praying on a Monday night, God, show me where you're at work so I can join you. And I meant that fervently. I meant that from the bottom of my heart. Show me where I can join in, Lord, to serve you. And that Sunday, we had a Gideon speaker at our church, and God spoke to me and said, I want you to serve me with this ministry. And I did that in 19, early 1997. But you can join our work in addition to joining us as a Gideon by going to friendsofgideons.org and signing up to be Friends of Gideons when you can get access to these little New Testaments with the plan of salvation and where to find help when times of need that we use. And um, you also get letters and information about the ministry and, and it tells you what you can pray for us about because we know the power of prayer is the most critical component of our ministry. But I wanna say this, we, we are more than just around the world in Chicago, Illinois. We're right here in Independence County. A typical year now for us in Independence County is to distribute in excess of 3,000 copies of God's Word here in this county. And we take every opportunity we get to give a word of witness. And I'm gonna say that I do that in my workplace. And I'm gonna say that on a Thursday morning, I, we had our, our Gideon prayer breakfast and we pray earnestly for God to give us opportunities to share the gospel. I went to work that morning, had another Gideon come with me to my office he was in my office whenever my office manager 
sent me a message that someone was there to see me, one of my clients. And I, um, I said, okay, so he left. And when I saw who it was in the lobby, God spoke to me and I said, he said, I want you to share Jesus with him today. And that's what I did. A man that was going through rough family time was broken and needed Jesus. And I took that plan of salvation and walked him through it. And I'm here to say, a man that someone of you in here know, named Smokey, received Jesus Christ that day at my office. That's what we're here for, to see that men, women, boys and girls come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, join our work. But I, under, I unashamedly ask you to give. When you give, you see what the results are. Lives are changed. And we need, and, and we're in a desperate situation. And just, you know, I mentioned a Russian testimony with the conflict in Ukraine. There are over 6,000 Gideons and auxiliary in the countries of Russia and Ukraine. And the Gideons never let a crisis go to waste. Thought you might like that. But anyway, so we never let a crisis go to waste. So during, when the conflict hit, we've sent hundreds of thousands of scriptures to surrounding countries like Hungary, Romania, Poland, Finland, and Germany. Just most recently, 80,000 additional scriptures went to Germany for the refugees from Ukraine. We never let that opportunity go that we don't get an opportunity when people are in need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. But I unashamedly ask you to give to support that. And to put that in perspective, what does it mean to give? A case of Bibles for a Russian Testament of a distribution or fifth grade class right here in Independence County is about $100, a little more than $100. I'm gonna ask that you spend some time today in prayer asking God, what, what portion of a case would you have, he have you give or what, how many cases about possibly that he might would have you give that people might come to know Jesus Christ. So I'm gonna close now with, and I will mention the little handout that Brother Randy had uh, distributed. If you didn't come prepared with a, a cash or a check, there is an avenue to give via debit card or credit card on that handout. And there's also an envelope that you can mail something in if you would like to. So I'm gonna close with a, another small, brief video. And with that, I will conclude and say thank you so much for having the Gideons and supporting us the way you have over the number of years. Thank you. If you'll play that video, please.
Bobby, we want to thank you for coming today. Um, I especially enjoyed the videos you brought. That, that, uh... that was excellent. I appreciate that. I just, uh, this passage came to my mind as he was speaking. And if you don't mind, if you'll indulge me just one moment, I'd like to read it with you. Uh, just some, something I thought of while, while he was talking from Revelation chapter 9, or excuse me, chapter 7. In verse 9, it says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, great multitude, which no one can count from every nation and from all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands, And they cry out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Loving my question I want to leave you with this morning is that will you be in that number? Will you be in that number? Is that a vision of your future? that you will be among the innumerable multitude from every nation, every tribe, every tongue. You know, the Gideons, they get to see a lot of that on their different trips and such. But this morning, I wanna ask you, will you be there? And if you will, we praise God for that, for salvation belongs to him. But I might ask you, how many others will be there 
because of you. How many others will be there because of you? Who might be looking for you on that day to say thank you for what you gave? Thank you for sharing the gospel. Thank you for sharing the gospel to the one who shared the gospel to me. You don't have to backslide and be a pastor to be, I love that. That made me laugh so hard. (laughs) Amen. You don't have to be in a vocational ministry to be used mightily of the Lord. He wants to use every one of you. And I pray he will. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I'm gonna ask the musicians to come forward. And if you are here this morning, perhaps the Lord is, is calling you to, maybe he's calling you to baptism, to follow him in obedience to, uh, to the ordinance. Maybe you're here this morning and he's calling you for greater faithfulness to him. Maybe he's calling you to share the gospel with someone, or maybe you're here this morning and the Lord is affectionately calling you to come to him for the first time. Whatever your need is, I'm gonna ask you to stand and ask you to just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment as our musicians play. I'm gonna ask you this morning whether you will follow the Lord, whatever his call may be.